This is Mainspring Family Wellness, where transformation takes root. This podcast is for parents pursuing both personal growth and family wellness. We will cover relevant topics that help us reflect, make educated choices, and parent effectively. My name is Kristen Perlmutter. I'm an educator, a philanthropist, and a mother of three who is passionate about personal growth and seeing families at their optimal wellness. And I'm Dr. Jenna Flowers, a marriage and family therapist, author of The Conscious Parent's Guide to Co-Parenting, speaker, and mother of three. Welcome to Mainspring Family Wellness. We're very excited to be here today with uh, Rachel Peterson and Andrea Martin, who are both local yoga instructors. Um, We are going to be discussing yoga and our new upcoming classes at Mainspring Family Wellness, our new center that's opening on Monday. We will be offering yoga classes. So thanks for being here. Yes, welcome. Really excited to have you both. So happy to be here. So I think um, it'd be great to start off by hearing a little bit about you guys. So Andrea, do you want to go first? Um, Let's see. I've been teaching yoga for about 10 years. I started my practice a long time ago when I was 25, and um, it was such an important, important thing for me to find because I love rigorous exercise. Um, I've been a runner since the eighth grade and been running forever. And then I love boxing and kickboxing and a lot of strenuous, really physical activities. And then I just decided it was time to maybe find something that could balance that out, but also had um, an athletic way to it. Um, So I found yoga. And and then after, I don't know, a long time of taking yoga, I was like, I need to bring this to where I live and where I am. And so I decided to, to go through training. I went through training, which was incredible, uh, with this gal, Heather Peterson, who was incredible, and then um, brought the yoga to to where I teach now, which is at Akam Yoga, and I teach at Raw Yoga as well. And I teach about five times a week. Yeah, That's so great. it's great. Great. Rachel? I am also a certified yoga instructor and, and certified in teaching kids yoga as well. So right now I'm teaching yoga for all ages, all over the county, mm-hmm. um, from kids, tweens, teens, adults, and seniors mm-hmm. at um, studios and country clubs from um, all over coastal Orange County. So it's been a real joy. Um, I discovered yoga more than a decade ago, um, when I was searching for some peace, I was going through um, a personal loss, and my therapist had recommended that I exercise and also practice self-care, and yoga um, seemed to be the most efficient as a busy businesswoman, so um, so I started practicing. I bought a Groupon and got myself <laughs> on the mat and um, fell in love with the practice. That's it's great. great. What is your daily yoga practice? If you guys are teaching so much, how do you bring in your own self-care into your schedule with yoga? Oh, well, yoga, for for me, I wake up in the morning, and the first thing I do, if if not a physical practice, is some breath work. Um, and I usually, I find myself doing a home practice, which is somewhat a combination between um, just enjoying my own personal flow and putting together my sequences for my classes throughout the week. And then as often as I can before, after a class I teach, I take a studio class with my yoga community. 
Um, my yoga daily practice is a little different in the sense that um, I wake up with two kids in my house. Um, <laughs> I don't get much time by myself. Um, but I do have, just from from having yoga be such an ingrained feeling within me, it's almost like a presence as I, as I move through my morning. But most of the time, um, I'm able to find my practice through my teaching, and then I am able to um, maybe take a class once or twice a week. Uh, but I do have this philosophy for myself that if I um, take even just five to ten minutes, um, sometimes I even do this like like just in my closet, and I have like a little uh, sequence that I've put together that I take with me when I travel and wherever I go, that if I just do that, it gets my breath going, gets my body moving, and it's so simple and so short. I've sometimes taught it in my class just because it feels so good. Um, so my daily practice is mostly part of my teaching, but it's also just part of like my, my mindset, if that makes sense, more than the asana and the actual physical practice. It's more of the being and understanding and the, the quiet within, within myself. Well, sense. let's talk about that a little bit more about the, you know, mental and emotional mm-hmm. side of yoga. I know the physical part is so important and wonderful, but um, I'd love to hear your philosophies about yoga and, um, you know, where those come from. Yeah, I really feel this is the greatest thing about yoga is it begins as a yoga, as an asana, as a physical practice. So we do these poses they look really good. We, you know, we get this beautiful, you know, physical lean body from practicing yoga because yoga actually makes you want to eat better. It makes you want to be a kinder person. Your care, you want your character to be good, and then you want to spread that to other people. So um, I feel that the yoga practice starts off as a physical thing, and then it turns into this this um, feeling and this energy that you that you just want to take with you wherever you go in any in any aspect of your life from driving your car you want to be a nicer person mm-hmm. to letting someone in the lane to um just anywhere you are at the grocery store or wherever it's yoga becomes a life practice don't you think Rachel Absolutely. like it's just it just becomes a part of you more than than the physical practice mm-hmm. so it, it it makes you mindful and yeah it carries calmer. through and mm-hmm. everything you do the the translation of the Sanskrit term yoga is to yoke or to mm-hmm. string together. And I yeah, think right. you you begin to see that when you practice in everything you do. Your mind, body, and spirit is tied together. Yourself, your community, the studio you practice in, it all just becomes tied together and you feel really unified and one. Mm-hmm. So let's. I'd love to play with that a little bit more. How do we apply that to children mm-hmm. with yoga? What are we stringing together for them? Well, I think in the practice, um, for instance, with the mommy and me classes and the toddler and me classes, um, you know how they say to best care for and love others, you need to start with caring for and loving yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, Bringing your children into that practice and letting them see and experience you doing it and and teaching them how to do it, I think that's such a meaningful way of guiding them through a positive life path. Mm-hmm. Um, and yoga also for, for kids and teens when they're practicing on their own, it helps them, I think, it, it gives them a set of tools, a utility belt of sorts for dealing with 
stressors with school, with pressures from their peers, and and also dealing with their parents. Any difficult situation um, in yoga, just learning to breathe, Mm -hmm. to slow down, to ground and center, that's going to help any person through any challenge in life. Yeah. yeah, that's what I love about yoga, particularly for tweens or teens right now, because we have so much with social media, mm-hmm. being on yeah. the phone, technology mm-hmm. that is taking people out of their bodies. Yes. <laughs> right. And causing so much distraction that I feel like we really need these coping skills to get back mm-hmm. into our bodies, to mm-hmm. stay more present, mm-hmm. present with ourselves, present with others within a community. Because when we start looking now at, like, the mental health report for 2019 from Child Mind Institute, you know, depression is on the rise for uh, teens. Um, People are feeling more um, connected through phones rather than face-to-face. It's Mm -hmm. down by 12 to 15 percent than Mm -hmm. even, like, eight years ago. So we are disconnected. Yeah. And we really need to embody more practices of connection, connection Mm -hmm. with others, connections with ourselves. And I think yoga really provides Mm -hmm. that. And that's why at Mainspring, we really want that as a community for teens and tweens and for parents and to model that to kids. Well, and connection while unplugged. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Unplugged from social media, from our phones, from our Apple Watches, a moment where none of that noise and static is, is where we are, where we're on the mat, we're inside ourselves and we're really we're listening to our bodies and mm-hmm. our intuition and we're we're disconnected um, from technology just for any amount of time I think is a benefit yeah, yeah. so and there's a lot of different types of yoga out there um, you know I, I where do you begin where would somebody begin that didn't know anything about yoga you know I actually was thinking about this when when I had uh, saw the question that you had mm-hmm. asked. Um, I feel that there is a lot of opportunity for, like, I guess, more of an adult. Um, thir- well, it's really about 14 years old and up mm-hmm. um, to practice yoga because that's when you can start at a studio mm-hmm. on your own. So usually a parent brings a child and or brings their kid and they come. Um, so, and there's a lot of – there are so many yoga studios now. So I feel like there's a lot of opportunity to, to begin yoga. But I truly believe that you should also start, like, in a basic yoga class, like a, a class that's going to teach you um, what the poses are. Because for, for a tween – and I'll say this just because I did teach last year to a bunch of my son's friends. They were four, 13, 14 – and they were all athletes, and it was great. It was a recurring thing I did every other Wednesday, and I watched them. They all wanted to come back. They loved it, but what they loved was getting on their mat, not doing anything. You know, it wasn't about um, it wasn't about the tricky pose. I guess it's just about doing the basics of yoga and understanding their breath, mm-hmm. understanding. Um, that it's okay to stand on the mat and be on a mat. It's not goofy. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, Probably also there was no competition. There's no competition. Right? Right. Like they, they all didn't really know what they were doing, but eventually they kept coming back and I watched them really get into it. And it was, so I feel like there's somewhere for, let's say, a young person to begin. And then as an adult, there are so many classes and so many, just even at Acom and at Raw. I mean, there are so many classes all throughout the day available for people to come in and start anew and, and learn. 
That's great. Right. Yeah, and most studios around offer some sort of introductory mm-hmm. special, and you can definitely go into any studio and walk around and kind of feel the vibes, and if it's a it's a right place for you, I would definitely um, take three or four classes with a couple mm. of different teachers also and see what works for you best. There are so many different styles. It's definitely not a one-size-fits-all mm. practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was curious, do you guys have any stories of different students that you've had in the past that struggled with anxiety mm. and maybe yoga made a real difference in their lives to help reduce their Absolutely. symptoms. In fact, I was thinking about one in particular. I have a student who came who took my class years ago, um, probably about like she probably started about eight or nine years ago, and she would come in and she had so much anxiety and was so like just so much going on, so much angst that she would get on the mat and she would always fidget every pose from transition to transition. She would be fidgeting, fixing her clothes. Mm. Um, her face was so stern. And little by little, and this is what yoga does, it's like the lotus flower. It's this flower that's connected that's got this, like, jewel in the middle that we peel away the layers to get to that center of peace. And little by little, I have watched her peel away those layers, and she now comes into class, was just there yesterday, um, and is extremely calm, wants the longest shavasana now. She used to get up and leave at shavasana or (laughs) fidget in shavasana. Yoga just has, like, this is why doing these types of interviews are hard for me because it's really hard to explain what happens. I mean, you can say you become calm, you breathe, but but it's like this thing that comes over you. You don't have a choice. It just makes you calm, and it makes you want to be calm, and then you carry that off of your mat on in the stressful lives we lead outside. Um, I don't know if that makes sense, but she is extremely... I watched her, like, literally one of the calmest people I know now. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it. you know, I think anybody that has a regular yoga practice or has exposure to yoga um, would agree with the statement that the world would be a much happier place mm-hmm. if um, everybody mm-hmm. did yoga. <laughs> so, you know, the question is, how do we make yoga accessible to everybody? Oh, I I think it it starts with the individual um, listening to their bodies and just kind of knowing what works best for them. The practice is made to to honor our mind, body and spirit. So um, feeling comfortable with starting out with an introductory level class or a restorative class, feeling comfortable using props, blocks, things of that nature, and just knowing that it's a safe space. It's a judgment-free zone, and the whole purpose is going inward. Mm -hmm. Um, Something that I've always found really incredible about the yoga community is at the studio, you see regulars in the classes at the same times that you take them, and and you feel so close and connected Mm -hmm. to those people, but oftentimes you don't even know their names. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's it's a really amazing thing. So um, so and YouTube has also made yoga um, accessible for folks who maybe it's cost prohibitive for mm-hmm. some. Um, you can definitely find some great introductory classes or even just learning some of the basic shapes and asanas. Start with downward dog pose and just, you know, work on that for five minutes a day. Mm-hmm. And and you'll find what what Andrea so beautifully spoke about is it just gives you peace. Mm-hmm. 
I would think that if it is cost prohibitive, YouTube would be a great way to start. But mm -hmm. as you really. get more involved in a yoga practice, you would want a community. Mm -hmm. And then to f experience yoga with others would be really, I think, central to a practice, in my opinion. I mean, what are your Ab thoughts, Andrea? Absolutely. That's um, – and I do feel like – I was thinking about that, too, how YouTube, it's so easy to go on and be able to begin and just get yourself more more comfortable with it. Um, but I'll tell you, the, the amount of um, – soulfulness and goodness you get from being in a room with other energy and other humans because what happens is when you're in that space when you're in that space together you really truly all become one it doesn't matter what you look like it doesn't matter your size doesn't matter who you are outside that room and what you you know how much money you make or where you live all of you you end up coming into the same safe space of being connected from that deep rooted place of you that you were born with. Mm. And then when we're, we grow up in this in society, it becomes a difficult, it, things become difficult because life comes at us. It's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. um, but you learn when you're in a room with a community, with other people who are doing the same thing you are, you realize you're all one and you're all the same and none of that really matters. So I do feel community is very, very important, but I do love what Rachel was saying, and I, I feel I, I've, ha I've guided a lot of people to start with some sort of YouTube video or just some, even some sort of video, DVD, yeah. or now, you know, we can just do it online, but it's really important. Yeah. Well, and some people might feel intimidated walking into a yoga class, yes. so to have some exposure, yes. maybe in the privacy of your own home initially, but I do feel that um, I get... I actually um, get so much energy from the people around me. Mm -hmm. um, yoga, of course, gives you that great energy, but it's it's also the the doing mm -hmm. you know doing yoga, practicing yoga with others. Um, the connection is there's nothing like it. So, and I really... love what Rachel said too because you don't. I mean, same as you. I mean, I teach to so many people, and I don't I don't know every single person's name because right. new people come in, but. I feel completely connected. There is always a, an energy between our eyes. Um, if there's any kind of adjustments going on, there's an energy between touch. And then there's always just a smile or even a hug after not even knowing that person, but you feel connected. And for a lot of people who walk through this world feeling very lonely and empty, um, um, that is a really great tool to find, to find your self-worth. Mm -hmm. And just to bring that over to kids this is why it's so important for 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 teenagers to do this practice because as much as they may think they have their group of friends and you know they've 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 got the lingo and things are going on inside they're they're extreme they're they're working it out so if they can find yoga and this practice of a community um without without um just the social status, mm -hmm. not even social media, but just social status. Like it's just you're the same person as the person next mm -hmm. to you. It just brings you right back down to feeling grounded. Mm -hmm. Can we talk about positive body image? Yes. And how yoga helps with that? Yes. Have you ever encountered people that have uh, criticism, self-criticisms or doubts and maybe they don't want to be in workout clothing next to each other? I don't know. I was just hoping maybe we yeah. could speak into that a little bit because I know for tweens, you know, yeah. positive body image is, is really key, you know, to moving Absolutely. through that developmental stage. Um, but what are your thoughts? Um, I've, I definitely have seen, I've definitely experienced that. And, 
And what's quite sad in the in just in the society we live in, and honestly, especially in Orange County. I mean, we we live in a bubble. I mean, there are a lot of beautiful people here, and and we're lucky to be surrounded by by a lot of beauty. Um, it also comes with a lot of um, self-deprecation mm-hmm. for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So the positive body image um, is something I think is an internal thing you have to work on. So for me, when I have someone in class who I know is struggling, I am constantly m- smiling at them, letting them know exactly what they're doing is just right. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I think positive body image has to come from within as well, and we have to portray that as parents and as leaders and as teachers. Mm-hmm. It's really important for us to show that um, what I don't know what we look like on the outside really doesn't matter. A positive mm-hmm. body image comes from how you feel about yourself inside. Yeah, I don't know if you want to yeah go I think on with that. Something so beautiful about yoga is there's there's no doing it perfectly right Mm -hmm. there's no doing it wrong it's not competitive you can always grow the practice you can always learn more and being enveloped in that philosophy um you'll naturally i think um learn that the same thing goes for yourself and your body Mm. you know there's no perfect there's no better but we've we've always we can always move forward. We can always work with what we have to achieve whatever it is that we're looking to achieve. So there's a real theme of acceptance. Absolutely. Acceptance where you currently are, acceptance about your body, acceptance about where the practice is. And I feel like I want to add to that because not only is it acceptance, it's also letting go of the fear. Mm-hmm. Because what happens is is someone will have fear to walk into the room because of how they look, right? Mm-hmm. And but once they realize that it is the safe space and once they realize that they can step onto their mat and begin again every single time, it will it will change their perspective on how they view themselves because they will find themselves on the mat, letting go of the fear and just practicing mm-hmm. and just breathing. And just being there and then this community comes in and it just it becomes this really great big giant hug that you get when you walk into a class. Yeah. And I think letting go of judgment and judgment, mm-hmm. you know, judgment of others mm-hmm. and judgment of yourself. And even if you feel that way initially walking into a class, I feel like once you get going and feel the positive vibes that come from the practice, mm-hmm. it's, it kind of dissipates. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, um yeah, so Andrea, I know that you lead retreats mm-hmm. and often go to really yes. fabulous places. Can yes. you tell us a little bit about that? So the reason I started doing retreats was because I felt like it's nice to have a concentrated time where the students get some one-on-one time with an instructor, mm-hmm. so that would be myself. And um, and then it's also in a beautiful place. It turns into like a bit of a vacation, and, and really it becomes something that an individual can work on themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I so I just did a retreat to this beautiful place in Punta Mita called Villa Ananda, mm-hmm. um, and I'll just speak about that one. But we have been been to Panama, Costa Rica, um, all places in Mexico. I'm I'm Nicaragua. I've just kind of been all over. But basically, um, 
what happens on a retreat is that we practice twice a day. There's a vinyasa, so a strong practice, and then a, a restorative and a yin practice in the evening. And in between that, people can do whatever they would like to do, but they're also given the opportunity to come to me and ask me to work on any part of their practice, be it meditation, you know, mind, body, spirit awareness. So it could be, you know, even emotional conversation about how they feel in their bodies to judgment, fear, perspective on themselves. And then also just trying to perfect a handstand, trying to get into a pose they've been working on so much. So you get that time where sometimes in, in the studio you get, you know, 10 breaths to go upside down. Like mm -hmm. it's not enough time. So you get like six days you know, depending on what, you know, how long, anywhere from four to six, seven days on a retreat. And it's just, it's a great way to commune because then the students get to know one another. And then that's a whole nother process where people are letting go of, they're becoming vulnerable. They're letting go of fears. They're being able to talk about themselves and their own, their, in their own practice and how it affects them in their life. And, and then, you know, people feed off each other. And it's just, it's a really wonderful way to to commune with other people. It sounds really life-changing. It's it's pretty much life-changing. Every time I have the responses and the feedback I get uh, is incredible. And most people return on retreats every time. That's great. It's, yeah. All right. Just a, a quick question on hot yoga versus <laughs> oh. regular yoga yes. versus 90 minutes versus 60 minute sessions. <laughs> what are your thoughts? How do we navigate that and figure out what would be the right fit for us? What do you think, Rachel? You <laughs> Try, it all. Yeah. Try, Try it all. Try it all. Listen to your body. Mm -hmm. See what works for you and, and what you like the best. I am a 60 minute room temperature girl. <laughs> um, but on some days, you know, and other days I'm a 90 minute heated Andrea's mm -hmm. class kind mm -hmm. of a girl. So um, so I think it, it depends on your your personal preference and and just the the mood that you're in that day. But why do people choose something like hot yoga? What's the benefit? So what I will say, I have definitely have an opinion on on these different because I teach all all yeah. of them. I teach the sixty minute, the ninety minute, and the seventy five minute. Um, so I think um, just as far as to answer your question about heated yoga, so heated yoga, um, there's two there's two ways to look at it. It does make your body open up a lot faster, so your muscles become warm. Um, it's easier to stretch and get into something a little bit more, but that's also room for possibility to get injured yeah. because you're going too quick, too fast. Um, but if you know your body, just like you should when you're in a practice, you won't push yourself. So it's the mindset about walking into the room and knowing, you know, what you're going to get out of a heated class. I will tell you, because I do teach a vinyasa level two, fully heated, super strong class at raw yoga on Mondays, 9 a.m. <laughs> um, and that class is high intensity. And the people who come in there, they want to work out. They want to sweat. But they also want the peace and the breath work and the mindfulness. So you can get it all in a heated class. You just have to want to sweat a lot and have your heart rate get high. Mm -hmm. So if you if you're if you're looking for something a little bit less intense, you take a 60 minute class non heated where you'll get the mind body work. You'll you'll you know, you'll get all the, the benefits of yoga, but without probably being drenched in sweat. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just 
you know, that feeling of sweating, you know, we all love that. We yeah. want to, like, feel like we did something. A little extra detox. A little extra <laughs> detox, for sure. And then just the last thing I want to say about the 90-minute class, especially just in mine, I believe in meditation. So it's not a 90-minute vinyasa, hardcore yoga class because when someone hears 90 minutes they're like oh that's too long but it's about taking time to begin it's mm-hmm. about meditating it's about breathing we do breath work we we get moments of silence and quiet we get a good warm-up so you don't even really need heat because your body gets the time to warm up on its own and then it develops into a practice and a flow and movement um, and then comes back down with more stretching and then, you know, more stillness. So the 90 minute doesn't ha- isn't just an intense. And I, I like people to know that because it's not it's not 90 minutes of going, going, going. That yeah. makes sense. Okay. Um, just real quick. I yeah. love to just talk about med- meditation for a mm. moment because um, that's something that I have started in the past year adopting in my daily uh, schedule. Yes. And I just, I before I even get out of bed, I do, I have to do a guided because I am just Perfect. not able to do it on my own. But it, it's been a game changer. And I feel like it sets my, you know, intention for the day and just really starts my, you know, my day off on a positive note. But, you know, sometimes I only have seven minutes and that's my meditation. Mm-hmm. Do you have any comments on I do and in fact I want to tell you this I was just listening to Eckhart Tolle speaking about meditation and I loved this and I'm so happy I'm going to share this for people who don't know this meditation does not have to be sitting down mm-hmm. for 5 10 15 minutes meditation is actually your breath mm-hmm. so when you feel the need or or you have a moment where you're standing, let's say you're standing in line waiting for something, instead of pulling out your phone to look at it and maybe do something, you just take a long, deep breath mm-hmm. in and a long, deep breath out. That is meditation. So for those of us who have the time maybe to sit and actually meditate, that's great. But you can get the same benefit of calming your nervous system, bringing you know your, your mind together all in one line. And um, just by taking a deep breath, then what happens? And then you start to take two deep breaths wherever you are. You're driving. You start to take three deep breaths. So for those of us who are extremely doing it right busy, now, that's what I, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's like it can, and then you'll notice it just shifts your whole perspective yeah. on whatever situation you're in. And what an amazing technique to teach our children. Yes. I yeah. mean, that could save you from so many potentially anxiety-producing situations. Mm -hmm. One thing I love to teach kids in regard to breath and meditation is if you hold your palm up and you trace your hand, inhale going up each finger, exhale going down each finger, Mm -hmm. you can take that with you anywhere. It's Mm -hmm. there for you on the bus. It's there for you in the classroom. Um, It's there for you in the middle of a soccer game. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whenever you need it, it's it's a nice, simple guide that gets you five nice, long, deep Mm -hmm. breaths. Great. And for children who have a hard time when they get into bed and to go to sleep, mm. this is, I mean, I used to do it with my son. Mm-hmm. We would take 10 deep breaths together, and it is it was life-changing for him. He would just relax, and it was so easy for him to just calm. Like, not that he wasn't calm, but it was, you know, they're little. They don't, they don't yeah. understand. They don't want to go to bed. They're feeling so many mm-hmm. things, and... 
Yeah, and and along those same lines, I've used with my kids um, those apps that I use for myself. Mm-hmm. They have kid, um, you know, appropriate meditations to do at nighttime. Mm-hmm. That I mean, they don't even make it through ten minutes and they're out. <laughs> so yeah. it's that's a great um, thing to share with new parents, mm-hmm. especially. And that's why also for Mainspring, we're uh, having a anxiety prevention class for tweens mm-hmm. as well as for teens. Because these are just essential coping skills that all kids need to have. Yes. Um, and life can be stressful. Yes. It can. And How school. great to have it as part of the utility belt, as you put it, Rachel. <laughs> yes. It's true. Rachel, could you go into a little bit of the descriptions for the classes that you're going to be teaching at Mainspring? Absolutely. I'd be delighted. So we're putting on a six-week series, um, Teens, Tweens. Um, are two separate classes on Tuesday nights, and then we're also offering Toddler and Me and Infant and Me. Um, They're hour-long classes, and they're designed to connect teens and tweens to their mind, body, and spirit. We'll be going through some of Patanjali's Yoga Sutras, and there are different um, themes for each week. And then with the infant and me and toddler and me it'll be connecting parents and their children um, and and bringing them together in a really meaningful way yeah well thank you both andrea and rachel for being here with us at mainspring family wellness and our podcast it's been a pleasure to have you here today we want to thank dan ballard at gold pacific studios for hosting us today as well thank you dan thank you for listening and we'll see you shortly Mm -hmm.